listening to Oversharing with me, Tawny, and her mom, Maria. Welcome to your new safe space where there's no such thing as TMI. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oversharing. Um, special Friday edition. Moving forward, uh, we decided our episodes are actually just going to come out on Fridays. It vibes better with our work schedule. Yes. And instead of giving ourselves the anxiety that we missed another Thursday deadline, we're just going to move the deadline. There you go. So now you can listen to us on Fridays on the way down the shore. Oh, that's, that's cool. That only applies to people that live right here but um that's pretty crazy is like there's a site where you can look at the downloads and see the progress of like how the podcast is doing but it also shows you a map of all the different places where the podcast is being downloaded yeah and it's pretty interesting to look at and see that we have listeners in other countries in states where we know no one so actually i'm glad i brought it up because i want to acknowledge how cool that is it's so cool to have like, we really do have listeners that we don't know. We'd love to know you. So, if you have Instagram, we're at, at Keep Oversharing on Instagram and TikTok, actually, and Twitter. So, Girl, you know I love some TikTok. I know you do. <laughs> we're not great at keeping up with that part of the social media yet, but it's a lot of work, to be honest with you. Yes. So, but I'm getting into the groove. I'm trying not it's not my jam (laughs) i know my jam it's tricky it's tricky um to learn and Mm -hmm. be involved in and i don't know if people realize i can vouch for this just from when i published my poetry book and i was starting to try to promote it and lean in um it's hard it's Mm -hmm. really hard you know especially when you're if you're creating content you're putting yourself out there for a platform of people, most of them, you know, you probably don't know and opening your opening yourself up to judgment. Yeah. And for the most part, I think there's kindness. You know, for the most part people are kind. I see that. But I think that that lingering I think, I think fear it, 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 where you are on the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Depends, so sometimes right? you people were like, "Can you get me back? I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. I made a wrong turn and now I'm on the mean side of TikTok." And that's where I'm like, "Wait, I could be like, you know, I I have no idea what that means. And then I like start listening more and I'm like, wait, I could literally like if I like something you, you or sway what's yeah. going on in your timeline. It's not crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't you remember um, like before before you woke up, you know what I'm saying? Like back <laughs> when you only had Facebook. Yeah. And I and you used to say, yeah, but da 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 make your points. And I'm like, that's literally all you're saying. Right. Like you're only exposing yourself to this chunk. And I used to tell you, I'm like, just go on Twitter for a day. Like. Mm-hmm. Go on Instagram and use these hashtags one day and mm-hmm. then, like, report back to me. Do you right. know what I mean? And isn't it completely different? Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, Facebook is just, uh, it's just a repetitive, you know, annoying. It became annoying for me, yeah. so I don't really even go on it anymore. people regurgitating the same information. But they're doing it on remember. Instagram, too. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wait, I got on a new platform to see something different, different. but all of my friends, you know what I mean? Are sharing the this, exact same yeah, thing. So I'm like, yeah, cross, cross-platforming. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. That's what it is, completely. <laughs> but as far as, like, the technical part of, that's a lot of work. It is, it's a lot And I learn. appreciate you doing it. Oh, thank you. Um, I was thinking, you know, the, we're coming up on the year anniversary Sunday, actually, of my Graham's death, your mm-hmm. mom, and I have her, her, a lot of her sewing stuff, and I was, like, looking into what I would need to use the machine, and I was having flashbacks of teaching her how to use her MSN and her Hotmail account, oh, yeah. and when she first set up, so she has, it's like an embroidery sewing machine, so it has a computer in it, and it's so funny to turn it on and mess with it now and look at the graphics, because I remember when she got this, we were like, oh my god, like we were like blown away. And you were young, right? Oh yeah, I had to be like 13, 14, because it was when we were living, we had moved over to Millville, New Jersey for a little bit. She was so talented. So talented. So so creative. But it was really Um, hard to teach her technology, and it was so frustrating, and that's when I was a teenager, you know what I mean? Like, we were still, I'm trying to think at that point. I definitely had a Nokia, like, cell phone, like, mm-hmm. one of the little brick ones, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where texting was, T9. And I feel like 
AIM and AOL chat rooms were like the thing. So that's the age of technology I'm talking about. And I had to teach my gram how to use email and her laptop. And it was so frustrating for her. And I can't imagine now it's, it's even more, you know, it has to be so crazy for people. You're losing your shit. What are you laughing at? I am. I am. Because as you're talking, I remember she would ask me stuff and she would frustrate me so bad. And then you would look at me and you say, this is what you do to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It is. It's hard to teach technology. And then you see like little kids now. Well, yeah, because I had a little bit of technology. We had beepers and I worked on computers at work and stuff. She really didn't. No. You know what I mean? And she was born in 39. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, even imagine for you, like imagine you went, when was, when's the last time you were a waitress? Last time you served? Oh, uh, probably, uh, you might've been five. Okay. So 93 ish. Okay. Yeah. 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 You wrote everything down, right? Mm-hmm. What, did you hand your ticket to the cook? Yes. Like a physical ticket that you wrote with your hand. And then I remember working at one place. I worked at a Greek restaurant on Richmond street. Um, and we weren't allowed to use paper. We had to yell it. We had to Shit. yell it back. And I'm like, well, that ain't cool because the cook's like, blah, blah, blah. You didn't say that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. So now you, you have, have no two proof. people. Yeah. yeah. So. But that affects my tip. I started waitressing in 2006 and, you know, <laughs> famously at the Olive Garden. <laughs> and it was POS systems already. So mm-hmm. imagine, like, I think of even Graham because she was a waitress back in the day. Like, you, if you went into a restaurant now to serve tables. No way. With your mindset of what it's like to serve tables, mm-hmm. you'd be in a completely different world. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and, like, everything is computerized, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we had at Olive Garden, this is so funny to think about, like, when you got your screen, the tables had numbers, the seats had numbers. Like, we were supposed to ring them in by guest number, and then when the, the food came out, you were supposed to know the guest's order, and you were supposed to hand out the food in that order. Oh, okay. Because it, it's supposed to be, Olive Garden is fine fucking dining people. Yeah, Italian so, dining. Yes, exactly. What's so wrong it's, with you? it's very upscale. So it was supposed to present very nicely. Now, granted, you have a fucking um, a mix up of twenty, thirty somethings who are drunk all the time. So none of this happened. But true story. <laughs> that was you worked there for how many years? Um, six. Yeah, uh, you six years you had from so many friends from I, eighteen to. I yeah. went to so many parties. Oh my god, so many parties! I was just talking to someone the other night joking about how I was the one in the group who had no idea that all my friends were on pills. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was the one and in the group. Nobody ever offered me any. I was the one in the group that had no idea that everybody, including my husband, was doing coke. <laughs> I, listen, coke is so out of my, I've, I've never tried coke. Me I don't care if people do. Do you know what I me mean? Like, unfortunately, I know that coke can be very addictive. I'm sure that it's ruined many a life and a family, but unfortunately... Um, Coke has such like a, you know, I guess it's a white collar stigma where it's like a weekend drug. Like, I feel like a lot of people, there are a lot, I know of a lot more people who dabble in Coke than I do that are like full blown, can't live without Coke. Understood. Um, but yeah, so many fucking people do it and I I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Me too. No clue. That was not, I'm so fucking naive. Yeah. Oh, maybe, hopefully not like as much Like, my anymore. friends. I'm saying, like, yes, my friends. like, in your inner circle. Like, couples where we would all spend time with our kids. snorting perks. I had no idea. <laughs> Ooh. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't fucking know. Your dad used to do that. Ew. Or he would chew them. Chew? Can you it's imagine? It's disgusting. Chewing on like a pill. <laughs> Don't. Please. You know, Alec. My, you said it. My tamoxifen is, is not coded. Oh, we know, girl. We know your your pill swallowing troubles. You but yeah, shared. he would chew it. It's disgusting. Yeah. He's like, it gets in my system faster. I'm like, that's weird. What we just but, put daddy on bless. <laughs> my bad, boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> but um, he's be like, I'm not your boo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'll be like, oh, are you saying I have a chance? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're my wife. I'll text. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, let's steer <laughs> off of that one. <laughs> I mean, that's actually. Um, one of the topics we were talking about, so it's funny we got to daddy, you know, organically, but, um, I was talking about the George Carlin documentary with a friend of mine and she's like, oh, did you watch? And of course I watched 
huge George Carlin fan, but it's very nostalgic for me. And it had me having flashbacks of, you know, watching George Carlin with my dad as a kid. And by the time I was eight, he taught me, you know, the seven dirty words you can't say. And he's like, you can't say them, you know, either because you're a kid and it's not cool. Right. Um, he's like, but I want you to know what they are. And I want you to know that you could be arrested, you know, for saying these things on TV and that they tried to, you know, limit your ability to express yourself. And my dad was very proud to be American, but like for what that meant then. And right. I was talking about... Um, it, it like unfolded a whole mess of things for me and but my dad was really progressive like he's the one who taught me about you know America has a really painful past and Germany learned from us like Germany took our hate and used it and you know my dad was German yep. it, you know so but he's the one who taught me all this and he's the one that taught me like diversity is important and it, it's 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 the root of being American and to be an American means to be accepting of others. It means to be open to others ideals. It means to let people live in a way that they want to live as long as they're not hurting anyone else. And my dad instilled in my brother and I, you know, you have to leave every place you go better than you found it. Like he literally would take us to the playground and make us clean it before we were allowed to play, like clean up the trash that was at the playground. And these are the kind of things that he taught me. And he also, I believe he also taught you guys about um, handicap, not to stare at people, you know. Or to, to ask questions. Yes. And he would say, yep. if you have questions, if you see someone and you're confused, like there's a polite way to show compassion and curiosity, you know, and not be a dick. Right. And he was very anti-bullying yep. and, you know... Right, right. Like, this is the thing. So, but he's also, he was very abusive and he did really, really bad things to you, me, my brother. And it's so crazy to think about because I have these memories of him being so progressive and having these amazing conversations. And there's so much good that I really, I always say like, you know, Fritz taught me that. Yep. You know, that's, that's from my dad. And And people used to always comment when I was a child, how much I was like him. You know, so it's so interesting to that, me. And, and, and that's interesting that you bring that dynamic up because that is a lot, you know, of what keeps people staying. Yes. You with know what I mean? Abusive people. Yeah. I mean, and because. Because they're not because abusive as much all the time. As, <laughs> as much as you learned from him, I did as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But. I mean, he was your husband. He was the love of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I never. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't, you know, and. It's hard now to look back knowing what I know and I realized that there was probably a lot between you guys that you thought was passion that was actually toxicity. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I never doubted that you guys loved each other. You know? Like, that was... I was extremely attracted to him. And I get that. Yeah. I was extremely attracted to him at two... Yeah. I get for... how difficult that makes even after Even after we separated so many times, there was no way. There was no way I even looked at anybody else or thought about kissing there was no possible way anyone could kiss me the way that he did and then I realized there's going to be someone this is not a good reason to stay it's not that there's going to be someone who's going to like kiss (laughs) you better it's that you're going to be with someone who's treating you so much Mm -hmm. better that the kisses are so much more special yeah you know but I do I think about I've been thinking about my dad a lot and that's weird to admit because I really had to get to my I get to a place a couple years ago where I was like, no. And it was something that he had said to my brother that just ended it for me. Like I remember he, that. He really, he crossed the line. And it's unfortunate because he hadn't crossed the line for my brother. My brother went back. But for me, I was like, never the fuck again. And I had to really accept that he's a bad person so that I could heal and move on. So that when I, ha- so when I have these times and these moments of being flooded with the good memories, it's so tricky it, it, it's amazing, though, um, out of all the things he's done physically, all yeah. the things he's done to him physically, emotionally, financially. That he, my dad is under my brother. Right. Um, that we still forgave or at least had an, an opening with him in our lives. But it took words, words he said. Yeah. That made you say, oh, no, you don't talk. You don't say that to my brother. I mean... I remember that you were you were so mad. I mean, I still get upset when I think about it, but and you blocked him. Oh yeah, I mean and that's it. Blocked. You've never like, talked I to him again, have you? I have not spoken to him. I haven't seen him. I 
no, I haven't. And, you know, for a long time, it didn't occur to me at all, you know, but I'm really going through a lot of changes in my life. And there's a lot of people kind of floating out of my life that I thought would be around forever. And I used to be very resistant to that thing to that I'm someone who would really hold on, you know, I would hold on for as long as I can, like, just be like the tenacity on me is unmatched. I, I really do believe that. But you but, gotta, that, but you got to let go. You got to let it go. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is I got to a place where I started to let go. Um, so when I have these memories and I'm thinking of this good stuff, it gets that's where it gets tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, as I've mentioned before, um, my brother is not physically in our lives. And at this point, I haven't spoken to or made eye contact with him in nine months. Correct, yeah. And that's crazy like that's the longest in my life and there's absolutely it's weird that there's absolutely a hole in my life but then also not do you know what I mean because to not be being treated badly anymore is so important but at the same time like there's there was so much good there that that's gone I absolutely know what you mean of course Um, it's your son yeah because it's my son um and it was hard it was so hard. It's hard all the time. And I don't think that, like, mourning someone who is alive, I don't think that even gets discussed or processed right. enough. That's so difficult. Like, the fact that my dad is alive and, well, I'd imagine he exists. You know, he's a health nut, so I'm sure he's he's doing okay. A, a health nut that, that self-medicated his entire life with hard drugs. You know what I mean? Funny, like, right? Isn't and that alcohol. crazy? Isn't that crazy? And liquor. But, liquor. Yeah. And, but I can't just pick up the phone. I can't just call him. Even if I want to just have a regular conversation, one doesn't exist because every interaction is transactional and he will not give to me unless I have something to give to him. And those types of people, you know, the energy vampires, they, they they will eventually just take everything from you. And I've gone, they already have, I've gone broke for my, my dad. I've gone broke for my brother. I've gone broke for a boyfriend. Samesy, you know, you know, and and had to rebuild and Mm -hmm. I, I had to fix it. And it's like, I did it to myself, but at the same time to love someone so much and then just be completely destroyed by them. I live it day by day. Yeah. That's all you can do. I mean, literally day by day. As long as, you know, I go to sleep and I'm like, okay, if I wake up tomorrow, that's just one more day I get through. Yeah. That's all you... know, I try not to... I used to want to plan everything. Hmm. Nope. I just live it day by day. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's definitely... It has changed over the years, you know, because I remember when my brother was struggling with his sobriety, like the constant worry, the weight, like it's so heavy and Mm -hmm. you feel so alone, even when you have a good support system because we did, you know, we do like, I have really good friends and it's still, but like these days it's just weird to say, because I feel like this is such a weird thing to talk about because I never wanted to sound cavalier or cold, but at the same time, like things were so bad. Things were so, so bad. And I was so accustomed to chaos that I didn't even realize how bad my life was. You know, so to be on the side is so crazy. I remember when I really started to realize something was off. And and I think I experienced some things here. I felt like... In our New Jersey house. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. In our New Jersey house, which is a new home. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, a new home. I remember him speaking to me a few times and even touching me. Touching my... He touched my leg one day in the car. And I don't know why. And... But it triggered me. Well, when we were, daddy used to always, my dad had a lot of pickup trucks too. So there was a lot of bench seating, but also he had this thing in the car with like hurting you. So he would reach over and like grab your inner thigh, grab your inner thigh, like, you know, where it hurts. And he would just pinch just to, my dad would just do random things to, to let you know that he's always in control. And especially if he knew like, and it was always my left leg because I'm in the passenger seat. Right. And I had procedures and issues with that with leg, leg yeah forever, with the yeah. veins and stuff and and yeah and and I remember him just doing things to literally annoy me like yeah. scrape the bottom of my foot while I was asleep daddy would do that yeah 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 like just scrape the bottom of my foot 
I don't even know why I went there. Holy crap. It's keeping... Well, abusers have a tactic of keeping people on eggshells. That's what it was. I was saying I realized that Mm -hmm. it was really getting bad because I think he was... In his head, he was falling into that role. The power position. Yeah. The man of the house. Mm -hmm. Entitlement is a wild thing. And I also realized that I literally allowed myself to feel helpless. Like I I couldn't do anything in my own home. Yeah. Like you... We... Well, I mean, you've, you've talked about this a little bit about when we were kids. Um, my brother has always struggled. And looking back now, we've, we've talked on the podcast about how we wish we knew more. We wish we would have known more about mental health. We wish we would have been able to be advocates oh. sooner because my brother could have lived a different life, you know, but this is where we're at. And he's always struggled. So he's always really he's had a lot of behavior issues and I was kind of suppressed as a kid because it was like it was easier to just give him what he wanted than to deal with the backlash of having to tell him no yeah and you've expressed that and I you know as an adult I can't imagine how difficult that was for you you know and now when we talk about it it's like such a pain relentless like people don't understand but amazing giving oh god one of the most just all of it artistic exactly like Like, the funniest person i've ever met like mm -hmm. my brother is smartest the true oh my god (laughs) how do you even know all these things exactly but then also there's something he just fucking completely makes up Mm -hmm. but he's also like the embodiment of no fucks given which is i always say like if there's one thing that he always had that i wanted it was bravery do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the most courageous Mm -hmm. and i loved that Mm -hmm. And when I published my book, which I have a, a my poetry book called Bound that I published in 2020, my brother actually did the artwork. He drew the cover and the story, actually, I don't know if I've ever told it publicly, but he drew that for you about, what, like 12 years ago at this point. He was in jail. He was. It's, he cut a piece of a sheet. And he cut a and piece he of had a sheet. Yeah, a and pencil. He, and he drew this, well, you can see on the cover of my book, um, it's two hearts that are all ripped and destroyed and beaten the fuck up but then there's like this rose that's connecting them and the rose is still managing to flourish even though these hearts are just destroyed and this picture hung in our house for years it was framed framed, yeah yeah. and it was beautiful and i was you my dad framed it (laughs) yes of course he did he matted it and he framed it Yeah. yeah um i when i decided to publish my book that wasn't my original cover like i had something different in mind and I literally walked past the frame one day and I was like oh shit like I looked at it and I was like bound and everything just came together and he redrew it um for the cover of my book and it just in, like it encapsulated the book perfectly Dude. like that feeling of being completely exposed and ripped open and destroyed by someone and then something beautiful still manages to come out of the two of them together yeah. Isn't that, like, that's so wild. I had no idea we were going here. <laughs> you know, but I know. Ooh. We have to, though. It's such a big, the fact that my dad and my brother are not in my life is a huge part of who I am. And I think for a while, I tried to convince myself that it wasn't, you know, because I made that choice. These are boundaries that I have to protect myself. But I think the thing that we do to ourselves is when we set a boundary, even when it is to protect us from a dangerous or toxic person, there's still a lot of grief. And I think sometimes we deny ourselves that grief because we're like, well, you made this choice. Right. So how are you now? going to sit back and complain about it. But it's important to allow yourself time to grieve. Like, I'm, I lost I my... I definitely grieved. I remember getting my divorce papers, which I wanted. Yeah. I just let him pay for it. Right. I didn't contest a thing, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But it's still a sad time. And and I remember calling my sister and I and she let me cry and she's like, it's hard. And I, because she went through it. Yeah. She's like, it's fucking hard. Someone you spent a lot of time with and, you know, you just realize that and everything all, you thought it was, it wasn't. Or was going to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you, you think ahead. You think ahead to, to holidays. I think ahead to having children, mm-hmm. you know? And I do have 
other siblings because, right. you know, I wasn't raised by my biological father. So I was raised by, you know, my dad, my brother's dad. So I do have other siblings, but even my siblings understand and they won't take offense to, to knowing like, it's just not the same, it's not, you know, like you were raised. I love my brother and mm-hmm. sister and we're working on a relationship now mm-hmm. that we're adults, now that we're in the driver's seat of it, you know, and my sister and I are communicating more and I mean, there's a six year age difference too. Yeah, and that's yeah. so she's actually, she's going to come on the podcast, but that's such a crazy thing because we were inter- not introduced, but you know, she was 17, 18 ish when we were allowed to correspond, not allowed, but when texting and email, like when right. it became easier to correspond, like we go. used to write mm-hmm. letters as children, mm-hmm. but that's not maintainable, you know? Right. So when you're thrown into kind of a friendship, imagine being thrown into a friendship with someone six years older, younger than you. Mm-hmm. That's a big adjustment. And so we're so, so far many, away. Yeah, we have so many differences. But then we have so many things that are exactly alike, you know? But so that's interesting too. Like mm-hmm. just the dynamic of getting to know people who like they're my siblings, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's so interesting to me. But it but it also isn't the same and they know that because you know my brother and sister grew up together they're very tight they have the same age gap that you know my brother that I grew up with and I have right. so very similar a lot of similarities a lot of the same closeness a lot of the same experiences actually and it's um so she, like it's just hard yeah <laughs> like losing that that's like he he's not there like the if I had kids like that uncle, that closeness, like right. all these things that right. I had ma- imagined, right. like what would the future would look like? And I know, I'm sure you have that too. I mean, he's your, your fucking kid. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, um, I mean, there, there's something in me that thinks there's, there's a time when he's going to get himself some mental help. Yeah. You know, I truly believe that. I truly believe that he, Somewhere he knows there's something off. Yeah. You know, I know he does because he, you know, his body just puts him through it because yeah. of it. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, um, and I would imagine he struggles because, uh, he has the same progressive ideals that I do. Mm-hmm. And this, he was taught the same moral exactly. compass. But then unfortunately, there's also a lot on the negative side that he absorbed yeah. that I was able to process differently. Right. So. Right. Those dynamics are so interesting, like sibling dynamics, whether you grow up in the home or in different homes. What a wild thing. Yeah, I um, I didn't grow up with my siblings. Um, I mean, I know that my, my mom married my dad and then I was born. So right. I had five brothers and sisters that came along with that. And I know that we had a few years, but they're they're like 10 Eight, yeah, Graham has six, seven, six kids years older than years, me, yeah. you know. Um, so there was a time, and then my oldest sister always picked me up. She was like, you, yeah. Oh, yeah, she would take me out to you know, she would just pick me up from my dad's and take me out, um, and make sure my hair got cut. And yeah. you know, I was I had nice yeah. clothes and stuff, so that's that's a nice memory. But those those distances, and then and then they left because of. You know, they got being older, older yeah. or, or, you know, my mom and dad were separated, you know, so then there was that distance and they moved back up to Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, but then I got to come up. So there's like always been like a closeness and then something taken away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. I bet there's a lot of people who go through that or so many families who have to split up. Like imagine families who divorce, but like genuinely can't afford you know so they just kind of separate the kids or do what they think is best in the moment yeah I can't imagine that and I've always said you know when it comes to having children I'd be happy if I only had one like what a thing what a thing to be able to focus all your time and energy into one child but then the idea of my kid being alone like right your siblings are like that built-in thing to where you'll never have to go through anything alone so that's like a whole other thing that I had to mourn you know like lose that and and that's one of the things that you know my brother was already struggling and going through his own thing and then you were diagnosed with breast cancer and that's kind of what brought it back together like I was the one who told my brother that you had breast cancer you know and 
that was so hard because I'm aware of how fragile he can be. You know what I mean? So Did he hang up on you or didn't no, believe he, it? When you were I so I knew. I when, know. I know, you told yeah, me. So when they said that you need a biopsy needed a biopsy, I had already I was like, Okay, my mom has cancer. Do you know what I mean? Like I already knew I remember. This. Yeah. Um so when you told me on your birthday, because <laughs> you found out on your birthday. You. I was like, I'm going to call her and I'm going to hold it all together. Yeah. I couldn't even say your name and I lost it. And I knew, you know. <laughs> um, so, oh, and I told my, I had called my brother to try to prep him. I said, listen, you know, mom's having a biopsy. This is what that means. This is what's happening. And he basically treated, like, you're so fucking dramatic. You do this shit all the time. But I think his anxiety was also that he knows that I know. You know what I mean? Like, my brother always challenges my bullshit, like, or what he thinks is bullshit. But he also knows that, like, gut instincts and intuition and that shit is real. And he knows mine is strong. So I think he was feeding off of that. Like, he took all that anxiety because he knew, too. But he wasn't ready. Right. But he also used the excuse that I had been through this before. Which and it have. ended That's up fair. Right. And it, it ended, ended up, up being okay. benign. Which I'm sure was my dad. I'm sure that he went to my dad and he was like, you know, mommy's having a biopsy. And I'm sure my dad was like, we've done this before, you know, and it's scary. Yeah, but she was fine. Right. And I mean, why wouldn't you take that information from your dad and be like, okay, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what it is then. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I was the one that called him and, you know, explained to him that you had breast cancer and, you know, we start science first. So I told him exactly what that meant. I gave him all of the information, you know, and I let him know, I'm like, I'm going to tell you absolutely everything that I know. Right. And then ask me your questions. And it took him, when did he come around? Because at first he didn't reach out to you at all, right? He didn't, he didn't call me at all. Um, I think you said, I don't know which day you spoke to him. I think we had, were coming back from a party from my brother's house. I feel like you found out your birthday was It was like 11 was o'clock at night. So your birthday... So it was Friday night. Yes, your birthday was Wednesday. That's when you found out. You came home from the shore and told me. Then you went back to the shore that night. No, I called you. I didn't come home. Oh, you're right. You didn't come home. I didn't come home until Friday. You're right. So that I could have the um, telehealth visit with you. That's what it was. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. I was going to. I'm there now. I'm thinking when you came came home for the biopsy. Pam and Rob were like, nope, and they took off work. Yeah. Cook me this... Pam and Robert, your best friends. Um, yes. Pam <laughs> and Robert, my best friends. Yes. So, um, but they live down the shore. They do live down the shore. Um, yeah. So you came and then Friday, that's when we told um, your niece, you know, who we were really close to at the time. And my sisters. And your sisters. Like that's when. my Because at first you wanted, you wanted to go at it alone. I did. And I remember having that conversation with you and you were like. You didn't want to tell anybody. You were like, uh. Well, that conversation was cool. I don't want to miss the part that we were in just this. I had just gotten there, I think, and we were just bawling our eyes out. Um, and then someone knocked on the door. and It was a big bouquet of flowers from you. For your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, we went. To, I don't know. I just lost track of what I was saying, but I was just thinking about those oh, flowers. You, you originally didn't want to tell I didn't. anybody that you had breast cancer. I didn't. And I didn't. You just wanted to get through it first. <clears throat> I did. I wanted to figure everything out. And I didn't want it to get back to my mom because my mom is already a is a worrier. Yeah. And we weren't estranged, but... We had been I, through some shit. I had been through so much and I had limited my... You had set a boundary. Yeah, visits... Or conversations with her unless it was with somebody else there. Yes. You know what I mean? Because she put words in my mouth and there were just things, whatever. It just there wasn't. Was a, our family has a lot of whisper down the lane. Yeah. So. So I didn't ever want to be put in that position again because yeah. I was never cruel to my mother. But right. she had a way she of turning things around. Yeah. That way. And, and I didn't want to ever, I didn't want anyone to ever think that. So I was like, I'm not, you know, I set a boundary there. But then I decided that I was just going to tell her face to face. So I'd had my other sisters there. Yeah. She was great. She was great. She was great. And that's what I said. I don't want, I can't, you know, your worrying is something you have to deal with. Right. And, you know, um, don't bring that burden to me because then I'm already having a hard time because I have a daughter. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's something that we talked to the, the second doctor, the second surgeon, 
you know, about, you know, was with you and Paul and, you know. If we had to, yeah, start early mammograms mammograms and, yeah, that's important to say, too. Like, don't forget, like, your sons are are still susceptible to breast cancer. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people miss that detail. And if you have this gene in your family and you have all boys, that doesn't mean that one of your children will not have breast cancer. When we walked into that doctor's office, we went to see Dr. Sugar at Aria. Yes. Um, When we walked in. Oh, what a great visit. Mm -hmm. Great, great lady. Um, But when we walked in, there was a male there. Yeah. And yeah. It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. I don't know if anyone, well, I'm sure people do. Um, there's a great show. I didn't realize how many different types of cancer there were, Yo. even in just breast, breast. cancer. I, I had know. no idea. And yours, your own body was doing it. Like your own. Bitch. <laughs> sugar, sugar, progesterone, and estrogen. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I love sugar. But there's a great show on ABC called A Million Little Things. And in that show, there's a guy who yes. has breast cancer mm-hmm. and it follows, you know, his journey and what that was like. And he had to have chemotherapy and just a lot of it's about the way his friends. I mean, the whole show is but about friendship. Was, didn't but he have a partner who had cancer as well? They met at a cancer okay. support group. And okay. this is the first episode, so I'm gonna, I'll give it away. But they met at a cancer support group and they end up hooking up in the bathroom. And then, right, because she didn't want treatment. She that, was ready. That, that comes later, Oh, I my think. bad. Um, it's okay. But that's a great show, though. <laughs> it is. That, yeah, that's a it really is. good show. So anyway, yes, your brother came home, but that's where that that was 2020. So 2020 kicked our ass. I mean, it kicked the world's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something. that's, I don't know where we were going to, but that's where he came back home because he had been, yeah. he had been gone and for I, seven months, and I, eight months. It's tough, you know, because there's always so much judgment and there is judgment from the outside. Like, oh, you're giving another chance. And you have to understand, too, if you have someone in your life who's dealing with an addict, like, and this addict is now sober, all those addict chances are different from the Girl, sober chances. I was looking chances. at so many Airbnbs <laughs> for him. <laughs> I know. Like, we had a plan to really yeah. help him get it together, but it just, it felt important at the time to have him closer and, you know, and... I'm a true believer that things unravel the way that they're supposed to unravel. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, somehow we got to Jersey. And as I've mentioned before, we were, we were able to get him help on a different level that we had never been able to get before. Mm-hmm. So it isn't. And he, and, and, and I believe, and I hope that he is in New Jersey. He knows so that nothing in Philadelphia is for him. Nothing. There's nothing there for him. Man, and... Like us, once once you're done, you, you, you're you done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the mental health struggle is just... Bless his heart. ...so real. Bless all their hearts. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone who is struggling with their mental health in any capacity, it's tough. I mean, I deal with anxiety and depression and some some days, man... It's it's hard because I you know I have a child with mental health issues and you have two I, yeah you know <laughs> yeah. like and, two. and I also had a a child with with addiction issues yeah. and you know when you're sitting and people you know they don't they don't think about the two being one and the same like it is all of the mental health stuff that people go through that lead them to drugs it's not the other way around right you I, know what I mean but. Those drugs intensify a lot of and things. intensify, yeah. you know what I mean? And then when you're in a circle or you're in, you know, an environment where you see a homeless person or somebody that's, you know, dipping out and, and there's really disgusting comments, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. I it's remember hard. being in a Wawa one time. You and know, and my chest tightens yeah. because that could be me. I remember being in a Wawa one time and there was a young kid who was around my brother's age at the time. And this is like, this has to be like 10 years ago. So my brother was active in his addiction and this guy was clearly on and he was just like dropping his change all over and like just, you just tell, you know what I mean? And if you're from the area, if you live in Philadelphia, like this is a very common occurrence. We have like the opioid crisis in Philadelphia is insane. We have like what is considered the harrowing capital it's awful you know kensington kensington yeah mm-hmm. it's oh it's my awful. gosh you can google it 
but don't like <laughs> you know what I mean it's and and your brother lost a lot of friends, friends. the amount of friends that my brother and cousins of the same age or um hanging like yeah. suicide your yeah. brother lost a lot of friends so that that has to be another that's another yeah. thing that and the way people were treating this kid as he was like fumbling to get his stuff together I was like oh my god like at any moment that could be my brother in a different Wawa and it makes me so it sad to think about but listen you would be hard up I promise you you would be hard up to find an addict who doesn't have some like deep-rooted trauma who yeah. doesn't have some mental illness and I think as a society there's the stigma Oh, like the word junkie. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, ugh, I hate it. I've said it. I hate it. I hate that. Don't say that word. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally implying, like, even the way I've seen people talk about George Floyd, like, oh, well, he used to do drugs. Like, okay, that means he should die. No. So you're telling me that if the cops kill my brother, that it's justified because he used to do drugs? Like, right. that's such a wild thing to me. Mm-hmm. And no one just wakes up and is like, mm, heroin addict. Right. That's the route. Right. I'm going to go. And that's right. why addiction is so tricky. And yeah, I mean, people are struggling and fucked up things have happened to people. And and peop- and other people who are judging them and oh, videoing them and making you? fun of them and posting them and making fun of them. That's somebody's um, son, brother, it, it is. father. But what, for me, it lets me know who you are. So in that crowd, when I hear it, I'm like, you know, no different than having racial slurs. Nope. No, thank you. And listen, addiction does not discriminate. Okay. Mm, This is not a disease that is meant for people who have already been exposed to this disease. Lawyers, doctors, nurses. I can tell you. uh, I'm sure senators, anything. (laughs) I mean. Anybody. It doesn't matter. Our current sitting president Mm -hmm. had a child who struggled with Mm -hmm. addiction. And the Mm -hmm. way some of you speak about him, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and and that's what I mean. Like, you'd be hard up to find somebody who doesn't have, you know, mental illness or trauma. And that's what led them to drugs. And Mm -hmm. it's wild because you see people say, like, well, my kid would never. Like, okay, okay. I was like, never... Like, nobody plans for this. Trust I was me. never one of those people who said... You were never a not-my-kid mom. Never. If ever. anyone came and told you, like, oh, Tawny, you know, or your son did this, you were like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And sometimes I well, would Well, Tawny, say, probably not. I was How much angel. do I owe you? How can we work this out? I am so sorry. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, he was... He was uh, a he lot. Was a, yeah, he, he was, was a handful. a handful. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there now and that have children who are handfuls and like but as I look back he was also bullied as a child by other children I think we spoke about that a little bit uh on another episode you know um being beat up on a bus that I had to intervene yeah stop in front of and cut off and jump on the bus and rip those kids off of my kids Kids can be so mean I mean my people are mean people are mean you're right my but um, my cousin was here the other night and she was talking about her son who's in fourth grade mm-hmm. and he's struggling, like he's being bullied. Mm-hmm. And so the way she explained it to me, and she unfortunately has a lot of experience with the school district of Philadelphia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that they don't handle these types of things is that bullying can only be classified if it's being done, <clears throat> excuse me, consistently by the same person, like rep- in a repetitive manner. So if I bully you today, but then tomorrow Maria steps in and bullies you, like that's not a pattern of bullying. Right. That's you being. And if there's on. a group of us, a group of four, and we take so turns. we all take turns bullying because it's not a consistent pattern of the same person, which is stupid. Bullying is bullying, no matter what. I just don't like. Where does the shit come from? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I, like I said in the beginning, like. I had a really mean dad. My dad was so fucking abusive. There is some shit that I could tell you that my dad has done or put us through. And you'd be like... He was a bully. You'd be like, what the hell? You know, but he would never stand for that. Like, we weren't allowed to call each other names or, like, pick on each other. Like, he called he, us he, names. He, he could us. call us names. You know, but... Like, and my brother... My dad was one of those very old school, like, it's all about a fair fight. Like, if you right. really... If you really can't handle it with your words... Then it's one-on-one, hands-only combat. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. those are the types of... That's just who he was. Right. No guns. Yeah. Never. Like, and no guns. It's just... Oh, what a wild thing. Yeah. <laughs> Relationships are, are, are difficult, but, 
you know, it, it really is what defines you. And, you know, without all of those experiences, all of the good and the bad, you know, the ups and the downs, I would not be sitting here today with you. Having these conversations. Especially, I mean, I wouldn't have any content. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine people like, oh, what do you think your life would be like if you, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't even want to. Well, you change one thing, you change everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't manipulate it at all. If you take one thing, right. one little thing away, if you take one left turn away, if you go to a different mall, you know, it changes the course of everything. And that's why I think it's so right. interesting when people don't believe in like and, and it, higher powers. It's I'm like, crazy. how? Like, look at this well, shit. Right. Well, and think <laughs> about it that I, I, from Philadelphia, and I ended up in Virginia as a teenager, you know, working on a, a magazine thing. Yeah. And I ended meet, up with a baby. I, yeah. I meet Eddie and we yeah. get together, have a baby, and bam. Here I am. And then, yeah. And then you guys went your separate ways mm-hmm. and it was like no big deal like no baby mama bullshit like no will they won't they like that relationship's over i was already we were... in some more bullshit yeah. i didn't need i didn't need to be giving him any or getting any from right. him but you were you were meant to have me yeah I guess. Oh, you know like well yeah I, someone had to raise me you were... <laughs> fuck is wrong with you <laughs> someone had to woke me <laughs> Someone had to remind me that it's going to be okay. You know yeah. what I mean? That That's what you did. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I think about it so much. And when people say stuff, I say, you know what? My kids truly taught me a hell of a lot more than I taught them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I There's no way anyone can convince me anything different. I think the only way we can learn things about ourselves is through other people, though, you know? So, of course, that's the way. Because I understand what you're saying just from nannying, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. the amount of things that I have learned in the past 10, 11 years from having these bonds with these kids, I mean, and just the brutal honesty and vulnerability, you know? Because a kid doesn't give a shit. A kid is going to show you their worst self if that's what the fuck they're feeling like. And then guess what? That might trigger your worst self. And now you guys got to figure this shit out because Mm -hmm. you got a vibe. You gotta fi- you gotta vibe like <laughs> yeah. There's so much that I'm I'm learning now. You know what I mean? Um, I I wish even even at 19, I wish I would have known more about motherhood. You know what I mean? There were books, but the information isn't like it is now. Oh, I wish yeah. I would have learned more about the um, what a child. You know, they're they're milestones. The psychology they, of it. Y- yeah. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? All of that. And I wish I would have, um, I wish I would have been better. You know, I wish it wouldn't have taken me so long to be better for us to get here. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm 20 years younger than you and I feel the same way. Like, I feel like it took me a long time. But the thing that that tells me is that for those after us, you know, my children, whatever comes next they'll get there even sooner absolutely do you know what i mean absolutely, and, because and that's you, the beauty you, in it you helped break the cycle i'm trying mm-hmm. i'm trying i you know we come from a very interesting family dynamic you're the baby of six i have a shit ton of cousins and i was truly raised with my cousins you mm-hmm. know like they feel more like siblings mm-hmm. to me and the relationships we've always had have always been you know pretty open and honest for the most part you know there's always there's the same amount of drama that you have with any of those. Absolutely. Um, but I forget where I was even going with that, to be honest you with you. You <laughs> have a bunch of cousins. You were raised with them. Yeah, I know, but I forget the We point. were talking about a family dynamic. That's where, where you started. I don't even know anymore. I, for, I don't know. I truly forget. Uh, no, it, there's a. I think it's a Kanye song that just reminds oh me God, of our family. Oh my God, the family business. That's mm-hmm. funny. That song reminds. I think all a lot of, it. of people can feel all, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so funny. No, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I don't remember what the point I was. Okay. That I was about to make. So, but we all can right. move away from it. Do but you, you did bring up something interesting to me the other day. So you were talking about chivalry, right? Mm-hmm. I remember this. So we are in a climate, you know, where. Feminism is big, and I agree, right? We're really pushing for equality. So where does that stop? That's what I don't know. So do we still And I also work in a world of men, but all of the world, all of the men in my world are 
chivalrous in in, right. in in work. They are that way. Right. So, like, I guess we should be clear. Like, we're talking about like holding open door. Yes. Um. What else? What else would you consider like chivalrous behavior? Like um, ge- old school gentleman, like true gentleman, not the bullshit gentleman. Definitely opening doors. Okay. Um. Walking on the outside of the street. Yes, de- walking on the outside of the Waiting street. Waiting until the woman gets inside before you pull away. Men. Oh yeah, That's I learned very offensive. that. I learn, and I do. I do that. Well, I do that for my friends too. That's yeah, and I do that. Okay, so that's what. But I was was taught that as a child. So do because somebody somebody came to my house to pick up my sister, one of my sisters, um, for a date, Mm -hmm. and he pulled up in a van, you know, because that's what they had back then, you know. And so I lived in Naples, Florida, and I had to be. I was young. Yeah. Very young. So, but my sister Bonnie, who's like three years, two to three years older, I mean, she was going out. And they pulled up and beeped the horn. Oh, shit. And she wasn't allowed to go out. Because they didn't knock. Because they didn't get out of the car. And then he went <laughs> out and he said, are you here for something? Oh, yeah. Send Bonnie out. He said, absolutely not. He oh, said, you shit. grow up. He said, I'm going to walk back in the house. You come knock on that door if you want to take my daughter with you. Yeah. So here's what I find interesting, okay? Mm. So I find that the same men, you know, who are like, oh, fuck feminism like women are meant to be feminine and they should be loved because they're feminine and they should be able to embrace femininity do you know what i mean like fuck equal rights basically are the same men who are like oh you don't want respect anymore so i'm not gonna hold this door like i just feel like if a person is kind you're kind you know i didn't even experience that in my marriage well, he daddy's held, very chivalrous. Yeah, he held he, your car door open to the he, day you got divorced. He would rip his shirt so I could blow my yeah. nose. I mean, even my brother would open our car doors yes, yes. and you know carry our bags yes. and shit like that. Yes, but we, I was used to that. So, but do you expect that now? Like, how? What level of I chivalry don't would you expect from a partner? Oh, I would expect that. Oh, you yeah. would expect like what? Like I specifics? would expect my partner to um open my door but if his hands were full or if he was doing something i would and i do that now you know what i mean like i would open the door you know i mean just like i treat you that's what i would expect i I mean i don't open your door but a man in my life would yeah Um, and and i i and i know that they're out there you know so where do you think we draw the line of like what's a fair standard of being like we want like, do you think there is a line? Like, is there a difference between we want to be treated equally versus, yes, there are some things that should be I have wanted to be treated equally my, my, whole, my whole adult life. You know what I mean? And getting separated and, and getting divorced was me being treated equally, that I wasn't going to tolerate, tolerate that anymore. But it's more in the dating world and I don't, I don't understand that. I, like, I don't think that I can do everything that a man can do. Right. I just, it's for me but physically. But like, okay, paying. Like, if you go on a date with a man, a man asks you out, do you expect him to pay? Absolutely not. Okay. So and the reason why to split, I, and I have for years. Yeah. And the reason why is we both have bills, and Absolutely. and most men, I and 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 children. Yeah. So that means they had child support. You know what I mean? So, no, I would always offer. But I can tell you, um, a few people did let me pay my part, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't go out again. And I don't know if it was because of that or not. But like I, was, you think re- maybe I you... was real screwed up in the head anyway back like when I was dating. Like, you think there's a possibility that you offering, like, turned them off? No. Uh. I think that them accepting turned me off. That right. we went but if Dutch. that's a possible turn off, then why even make the offer? <laughs> I don't know because because it was online dating and so there was tricky. a lot of issues. There's with, a lot of articles like there was you a have lot to of have sex by the third date and you have to be doing this by the yeah, second date it was, and this is the was, way to behave and these are the questions to ask. I can't. It was supposed to be fun and I just didn't it get there. Yeah, yeah I can. Yeah, I didn't get there. How dating? And gets you know what it is? Fun. I didn't find anybody who matched what they said. Yeah, ain't that the truth? You know, you talk and you talk and you talk. It's very easy to put stuff in a text message or an email. Yeah. But can can you live up to that? And for me, I expected people to live up to what they said. Well, because yeah. I do. Yeah. I feel like I that's do. pretty standard you know, to at least be what you say you are. <laughs> but yes, I, in a partner, I would like a partner that just um, wants to help me. Yeah. They just want to say, wow, 
let me make that easier for you. I just had this rant. The same way I would do for him. On Twitter, because that's what I do. But mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that, like, I know of so many people who refer to their partner, you know, and even in reality TV and bullshit, like, refer to their partner as their best friend. No, none of that reality and TV like, stuff. They're, bro, they ain't best like, friends. They're mean. If they're cheating on you, mm-hmm. lying to you, manipulating you, like... That's not your best friend. Getting like, drunk I and would forgetting never, to come home. Yeah, like, I would never see my best friend, like, with their hands full, struggling to carry their children and not help them. Right. Like, <laughs> I would never, like, leave my best friend alone. It, like, that's just crazy to me. And I'm like, where, why are you calling this person your best friend? Because, like, you watch movies together mm-hmm. or you have a lot of good inside jokes. I think, like, I get the sentiment. And I know there are couples that truly are. Yes. They have a root of friendship. And I do think that's the most important thing. But you can have in a relationship because we treat our friends with kindness. And right. that's why you want to root your romantic relationship mm-hmm. and friendship. Because why would you be mean to your friend? Mm-hmm. Why would you hurt your friend? Why would you want to keep things from your friend? So it's like, but I think that's romantic why I, love. That's is, why I questioned whether any of my partners were was, was love. Oh, I completely like understand what, questioning what love. What analogy did I have of love? Of what love was. Yeah, what was I thinking to think that that right. was a representation of love or mm-hmm. fun? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. And even, you know, I've had to reevaluate some friendships and it's yucky. It's yucky when you sit there and you do that like, okay, because you never want to evaluate give and take. You know, when you're in the flows, the ebbs and flows of a relationship, you're just doing your part. Right. And, and you kind of almost assume that that person is matching you because mm-hmm. you're just kind of in the movement. So right. you're not taking stock. But then when something goes wrong and you have to step back and you start to take stock of the differences between the two, mm-hmm. you know, man. It's like a scale. And you're like, okay, oh, where do shit. I fit on this scale? Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Like, I was just constantly... Giving, 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 spending, showing up, doing, and you weren't. Not only right. were you not, but, like, even when it comes to communication, you know, like, the stuff with my brother is very, very difficult. And the amount of people that think to ask me about that, right. like, that are my close friends is kind of astounding. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, they think because I made the decision that I shouldn't have any sadness with it. He was mean to you. You're done with him. Like, okay, like, this is someone that's been in my life, you know, for 31 fucking years. Like, mm-hmm. we have, and, and not for anything, right. we're trauma bonded. And, 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 <laughs> and setting a boundary doesn't mean not loving your brother anymore. I, because I love him, S- I set the boundary. boundary. And because exactly. I love me. I love exactly. me. And that's the exactly. thing. Like, I have a poem like this. Mm-hmm. My boundaries are not there. You know, I, they're there because I love me more. Like, right. I have to remind you that I love me more. I'm more important. But... On the flip side of that, it's changed a lot of my friendships because there's some of my friends I've tried to talk to and they're not receptive. And I'm like, ouch. I just watched a video where a mom sitting there, she's like, I'm going to eat. Like, this is a TikTok video where she's like, I'm going to eat. And the child screaming in the background. Okay. She's like, that's my 17-month-old. She didn't put the video camera on the, on child. the child. She okay. did not show the child at all. Okay. She's like, I just want to address that because there were comments. That child should know better. You already told her you're reading. She's like, she's 17 months old. Right. She has no concept that her crying, that I need this time. <laughs> her right. crying is stressing she's me like, out. But I have to nourish myself to be able to take care of her. Can't she pour said, from an empty cup. please do not bash me. She's like, she is fine. She's fed She's clean. She's dry. You know, and I was so impressed because, again, all of the things that I wish I knew as a mother yeah. raising children. Well, I, I mean, didn't know this stuff. You grew up in a children's be seen and not heard. For me, every time you showed big emo- emotions, you were throwing a temper tantrum. That's what I was told it was called. Yeah. A fucking temper tantrum. Right. So that's all I knew it was. And now that we know how spooky I am, imagine how much shit, like there was probably like spirits and shit around me and you guys yeah. thought I was just annoying mm-hmm. as fuck. Mm-hmm. See that? Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> I remember, probably was annoying. But <laughs> I remember, I remember we, we could go somewhere and your mood would change instantly, instantly. and be like, I want to leave. And then I got used to that, like, okay, this this vibe ain't good. Like, yeah. something's up. Yeah. You know, like and you people know. want, yeah, and it's like, at, at at first thought, you're like, God, this kid's fucking miserable. Yeah, but yo, kids are like little mood rings, though, for mm-hmm. real. They know. They do know. Again, my cousin and I were talking. You know what? Pets, animals know, animals too. Animals know, too. 
her son's five and he knows. And that's what I said to her. Like, she was talking about the way he feels about someone in his life. And I said, I was like, has he ever been wrong? Like, has he ever really been into somebody or really been turned off by somebody and been wrong? And she's like, nope. Exactly. I said, yeah, because kids be knowing. They do. And, 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 and we have to remember when we get that gut feeling Go with it. Y'all. Don't. That first. L- yes. Pinch that thought. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're invited to a party and your immediate is, nope. Like, that's it. Go that's, with don't it. Don't reason with yourself. Right. And I had to start really listening to that. It's because okay there, to say no. Yeah. There were so many times I would just reason myself, you know, rationalize myself into doing something that didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's very common. That's I'm why sure I a lot so of people do it. That's anxiety. And then that's why I have to smoke weed. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. <laughs> Listen, whatever works for you, girl. Preach it. Mm-hmm. We got through you're, it. You're a grown-ass woman. Girl. Mm-hmm. You right. Well. We did it. We need to wrap this up because. She has the potty. She <laughs> did like a point to her vagina thing. Yes. Again, I'll remind her that we are not on video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want them to see where I was pointing. Oh, well then why I only did wanted you? you. Just... <laughs> I wanted you to know that I have to pee. Well, why don't you just lie? Oh. Anyway, Maria's got to go pee. So (laughs) we will talk to you next week on Friday. Our episodes now come out on Friday. Thank you so much for listening, truly, especially everybody that's not even from here. That's um, awesome. I'm so, I wish, come on, you gotta, you gotta, I know, you, you gotta reach out to us. You gotta. I need to know more. Unless, there's somebody, wait, there's somebody, uh, I can't think of it now. No, yeah, like India. It's yeah. so cool to us. Like, yes. truly, so cool to us. So thank you. It's really exciting. And at KeepOverSharing yes. on Instagram, I'm trying my best. And then what goes on Instagram usually ends up on TikTok. I try to twist up the flavor because I know I am a complainer of cross-platforming. So, right. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. Bye. And we'll talk to you next week.